You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Once again, with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast, it's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. Thank you so much for listening to all of our great programs. Well, still a lot to talk about in the NBA as we get closer, ever so slowly, to a possible start date for the NBA. Still a little bit of ways away. But looking forward to something happening real soon in the whole context of an NBA season. And here to talk to me today about that and other Laker topics is my good friend. I know him as Tom Wong, but you know him as the man behind Lakerholics.net. You got to go ahead and be a part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. It is Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, thanks for returning back on today's show. Appreciate it so much. Thanks again. I hope you're safe, you and your family are safe, as we get back into some sort of semblance of our society. Maybe it's a little bit too soon. Maybe it's the right time. I'm not sure. That's a debate that's hotly going on. But the NBA, seeing that other leagues are now going ahead full blast into their seasons or planning it out or making schedules or guaranteeing start dates, it looks more and more like the NBA has got the kind of go-ahead, of course, to go ahead and start the NBA season at some yeah. point on the line. It sure looks that way, Gerald. It'd be wonderful to be able to to have a chance for the Lakers to finish off this season and actually compete for that championship that I thought we had a good shot at. Nothing for certain, but I think that Adam Silver's recent conversation with the players really covered a lot of ground and, and set some of the some of the conditions and situations that would happen. Um, and it was very interesting and I think overall uh, encouraging. Um, the only thing that I think all of us are a little worried about is is whether or not there'll be some rebound of the coronavirus. And, you know, that could just derail all of the plans for all of the leagues. If, you know, if a bunch of people all of a sudden start getting sick again and the death counts start to rise, it's not a really promising sign when you, when you look at the three top guys in uh, in the coronavirus task committee that Trump put together are now, you know, all sequestered and self-sheltered in place. The vice presidents and two, two people on the staff have tested positive and uh, there's the questions about the tests and so forth. And you think that if it's hard to imagine any of the professional leagues, even with their power and so forth, being able to manage this situation if if the White House itself can't seem to manage it. 
So, but at any rate, uh, I think there are some positive things to talk about. Adam Silver covered a lot of ground in in his conversations with the players, starting off with the idea that uh, it possibly could be Eastern Conference finals or playoffs, so to speak, being held in Disney World and the Western Conference holding theirs in uh, Las Vegas, where you might be able to become one of those few fans that could sneak in there. Well, I'm hoping for that. Again, there's still debate on where they're actually going to have the tournaments and have the actual completion of the season. Also, as well, they've talked about you know getting all 30 teams together in one place to go ahead and finish off the season as well. I know they could do it here in Las Vegas because not only did we talk about in past episodes about having six arenas able to play or that have played either major college basketball or NBA games in the past couple of years, you have also the Mandalay Bay has offered to build up to 24 courts. So you can actually have a lot going on, including practices and things of that nature going concurrently. So you can have pretty much, you know, a, a really truncated schedule and playoff schedule there. I, I believe there's they, they have about, they can make up to 12 courts, 12 to 15 courts at Disney World, so they'll be also able to do it. Not quite the amount Mandalay Bay has, but you're right. If they go to a East-West type scenario, but they still would have to get together for the ultimate finals, which, of course, would be a smaller amount of, of teams right. too. So I think that's pretty good if they go ahead and split it up that way between Las Vegas and Orlando. Although, you know, now the question is, oh, my gosh, the guys would go ahead and gamble. They're stuck for a month in Vegas or not, not or, or they're stuck for a month at Disney and they have to go ahead and Disney and, uh, you know, all these different other scenarios. I mean, they're there to play basketball. The other thing is, will the non-playoff teams, how are they going to be able to handle it? Is Adam Silver going to go ahead and institute his playoffs format or, are, or is it just going to continue on as, as the last five or six games of the season? What does that say to a team like Golden State or Atlanta, who's really out of the playoffs? Do you know Why should they even care? Things of that nature. So it, it really is going to be a, a, a situation where they're going to have to work it out. And I know they've talked about extending the collective bargaining agreement in this situation in regards to it. They just announced that as we're taping this that they're extending it and the deadline to scrap the current collective bargaining agreement has been that has been extended so they could talk even further about how they're going to figure this out so the so the logistics are still being talked about i know also as well for optics they were talking about you know well we don't want to go ahead and do it unless we know we can get enough testing because we want to make sure frontline workers get testing and yes that was optics and that's great but once they saw the NFL going full blast into its schedule announcing and said, you know, we're going to go in September regardless, you know, right. things of that nature. Uh, and also NASCAR, they're going full board into it next week. Of course, they're going to be in racetracks without fans. PGA is starting up as well. And, you know, all these other leagues are starting up. Soccer is starting up around the world. So you're going to go ahead and see these leagues starting and they're going to have either or they're either going to have or not have enough testing. They're just going to start up regardless with the NBA. At least I appreciate Adam Silver being concerned over the amount of testing, whether or not it's up to 15,000 or up to as much as 100,000 tests that need to be taken care of over the course of the period of time that they're there. 
I appreciate the fact that they're considering the safety of the players and also the safety of their families as well. This is something that I don't think other leagues are taking that kind of care in comparison. So kudos to Adam Silver. But as I said before, it was it's all about optics. And they didn't want to be the first to jump back into it. But now that everybody else is, hey, let's go ahead and start our season as well. Well, there's a couple of things that he brought up that, I, that sort of tied into just what you were talking about. One being that uh, sort of a, even though he said that every one of the owners wants to come back and play to finish the season, so that would include the teams that were not in the playoffs. But he also said that uh, they're pretty committed to not wanting to end up with an asterisk on the playoffs. Uh, so they're planning on having seven-game series, thinking that uh, just because they're going to be done in a, a single venue at a single location, that they can save time you know, for the travel and so forth so that they can afford to do that. And I think that's an important thing just to to make sure that there is as little tinge or asterisk to attach to this championship when they get it done. You know what you'd hate to see, you know, I mean, it's a good thing to think that if you still have to go through four rounds of playoffs, you have to go through winning seven games in each one of those rounds um, so that you have a really a full-fledged playoffs, even if they decide that uh, they may not play out the rest of the season. I still think that that's an issue that, You've got, you know, you've got 14 teams that are, you've got 14 teams that are in the lottery that basically, were they going to go through a three-week training course to come back for five or six games in order to hit the 70-game mark? You almost think that they probably, just like the players and owners are probably going to negotiate a smoothing of the cap just so it doesn't destroy the next two seasons in free agency, you got to feel that most of the local television people are going to work out stuff that that can deal with this 70 game minimum. It's kind of interesting because the rule in the league is that everything over 70 games on the local television goes entirely 100% of the league. Um, with the one exception being the Lakers who actually have a per game deal on their local television network contract. So I think it's still not certain that that, that they're actually going to finish out the season, the regular season. Um, there's a lot of talk that that five or six games is basically just sort of like a preseason just to get ready for the playoffs. And and and, and that may be the only reason that they're really playing it. Um, Silver actually said he didn't really expect that anybody was going to have enough games that they could make up the, I think, the closest any team is to getting into the playoffs that's uh, outside of it at this point in time is three games. And that would be a lot to make up in, in a five or six game schedule, depending on on how you want to end up the season. But he really wants to do that tournament. He's really been pushing towards it. The league would have gone as planned and the season would have gone as planned. He would have been sending up a another vote between owners for a tournament for those last playoff spots sometime before the next season started. So this is something that I think it's going to be an inevitability because Adam Silver is pushing it. I'm not sure I'm in love with it. But I'm more a little bit more old school, but I'm willing to go ahead, at least for those last spots on teams that will most likely not go far in the yeah. playoffs. It'd be kind of cool and keep the other teams interested in. Although for those teams at the seven and eight spot, let's say the Lakers are there in the seventh or eighth spot, and they've worked hard all season to go ahead and be in a seventh and eighth spot. If they were to be bounced out in this tournament, it would kind of stink. 
but uh, I can see the reasoning that you get more teams involved, thus more fans, thus more eyes, thus more cash, thus more dollars involved and invested if you had a tournament for the what the seven to 12 spots to get into those two spots for the actual I don't, I don't see them doing anything like that this season just simply because I think that they want to they want to make sure that there's as little negativity toward this being an exception they did they want to they want to remove the asterisk from any championship that's won by anybody this particular season so I think that the the playoff setup at least for this season will be the normal playoff setup I do think that the the one thing the coronavirus pandemic has done is definitely opened the doors for all sorts of different things to happen. And you can, you can see it in all of the major sports. I mean, baseball actually talking about having three divisions of regional teams where the Yankees and Mets and would be playing each other, be in the same division, same with the White Sox and the Cubs and the, the Angels and then the Dodgers um, and in playing a hundred game season and so forth. So uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of creative things that are being talked about and a lot of ideas that are flying around. And, and I think that going, going into next season, not only with the NBA thinking of starting the season in on Christmas day in order to avoid going head to head with the NFL, uh, at least for the most part of the season, I think that we're all going to see a new normal. And when there's a new normal uh, and, and a whole different attitude, toward how they're going to make their revenue. I mean, it's possible, Silver even brought up the subject that it could be possible that there wouldn't be fans next year either, that we may have a whole season as well as just the end of this season. We may see another entire season where fans are at, let's say, at best limited, where everybody has a, a capacity of maybe a third of what they used to, what they would expect to have in attendance. And the personal, the, the actual tickets being sold represent from when you count the playoffs included in it, 40% of the revenue that the league makes. So uh, you're getting a whole new situation and we'll, we'll see a lot of different things about how teams are going to broadcast games. Uh, the networks are going to have challenges. I mean, what are they going to pipe in, pipe in audience sounds or, or turn on the microphone so that we can hear the players trash talk each other, you know, that's what I want. I don't want to <laughs> that, that could be really interesting. No, 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 piped in <laughs> audience sound. What I do want, I do want is unfiltered, uncensored NBA sound. That could be very interesting. People would pay for that. I'm telling you right now, people mm -hmm. would actually, the NBA could make a little bit, a little bit of its money back by doing that. Unfiltered, have a channel like the NBA channel rated, uh, you know, 18 plus. And there you go. <laughs> well, you know, I have to admit, even though I'm a basketball aficionado. Or added to the extra playoff games, you know, I, I have league pass. I don't watch every game. Yeah, but but I don't watch every game in the pass. playoffs. Added by the time they start this playoffs, I'm going to watch every game. <laughs> added uncensored channel to NBA League Pass. I would highly recommend it. It would make, you know, and you could raise it up the price, uh, you know, just to compensate a little bit. But you know what? That's just something I'm throwing out there right there. What the fans who get the front court seats get to hear that we don't hear. They get um, a whole different perspective of the game than the guys up in the bleachers like we are. So it's, it, it is a little bit of that sort of idea that everybody now can have a virtual reality front row seat. 
They well, can Rachel, hear exactly what the players say to each other. Well, Rachel Nichols did say in, in a recent podcast that she would like to see that, and she thinks that might relate to younger audiences because right now, because the league, you know, just before obviously the season went down, the ratings were down. Right. For, yeah. So that's something that is is not. Uh, the ratings are down. So that's something that is some so of great concern to the league even before the season went down. So that'd be kind of cool to go ahead and do that. And that might relate to younger audiences having that type of unfilteredness and more accessibility. But I'm I'm disagreeing with you. I think Adam Silver, if he gets a chance, and also to go ahead and spice the interest for some of these teams that are going there. Otherwise, they would be going through the motions for the last five games of the NBA season. I think they need to go ahead and possibly do a round-robin tournament for either the seventh and eight seeds and something like that. Mm-hmm. I think they need to do that to spice up that interest. I think Adam Silver is really behind it, and I think he needs to go ahead and choose that for this occasion. Would I like to see that on a regular basis? I don't think so. But then again, if the younger audiences get into it. It works It works for baseball. I well, mean, it's yeah. better. You know, when you play a 162 game season, and, and you go into a you, know, you go into a, a playoff, a sudden death playoff game, to determine whether or not you go on, um, that's one of the reasons why in baseball that, that because of the not playing seven game series all the way through and having the wild card type games, is that teams can just get hot at the right moment and, and end up winning a championship. And I suppose for the average fan, there's a lot of there's a lot to say for that, you know. It, it means you're never really out of the woods, especially if they they put out those 14 lottery teams and let them go after, you know, you add two teams there. You'd have 18 teams. They took those 18 lottery teams, or let's say 16, you take the number 18 in each division or in each conference, and you put together the 14 lotteries plus that. You've got a 16-game, you know, double elim- single elimination contest to see – who's going to be the eighth, eighth team in each in each conference. And, you know, it basically means that nobody's completely out of it. If you got somebody injured at the start of the year, you know, I mean, there's a lot of talk that that uh, Kevin Durant could possibly, depending on how long this lasts, Kevin Durant and, and the Nets might be right back in there. Well, no, they are in there anyways. I mean, at the, the, I mean, with a real with a realistic chance of yeah, of winning the whole thing. But yeah, they are a playoff team as of the season, and you know, as of the season getting suspended, it would be a team like Golden State. Would you go ahead to say to Curry, to Thompson, and and the like, hey, there's a chance to get in this year's playoffs? That would be something extremely interesting that I know a lot of people would like. But again, the goal, if you're looking at also a long-term aspect and a long-term prospect as far as reaching a larger audience, that might be something that even though it's to my chagrin and uh, more of a traditionalist in that sense sense that I liked, if a tournament caters to a more larger audience, then so be it. And then also if it goes unfiltered, you want to get more reaction from the court more players mic'd up like she was suggesting you know what so be it or other things you got to start trying new things because even though the lakers are one of the most popular teams in the nba them on top right now this season hasn't worked out for the most part i mean they did have that one game right after kobe's death 
the Lakers, Clippers, Lakers, Bucks weekend uh, games. Those were were very well rated, but there's been for the most part a season of games where it's just not getting enough ratings, as opposed to what it was with Miami and then Golden State. Those numbers were getting really high. I think- I think there are other factors, though, that really play into that. One being a lot of streaming being done now. That isn't, you know, people that aren't actually watching the network games. And then also, too, the NBA schedule is is kind of a complicated situation where the league has has very poor ability to make shifts at the end to improve the qualities of the games. And some of the matchups that they were playing on on, on the – big networks on, you know, NBC and or ABC and, and on Turner, some of those matchups were really not good matchups at all. Well, Zion getting hurt really uh, hurt yep. a big chunk of it. And they were on what, 30 games total. There was, I think uh, 30 games plus total. On yeah, that. I think they could have adjusted a lot more that they did, but they played a lot of those games. A lot of those games stayed on the schedule because they couldn't, Feel anybody other the game in there? Yeah, they don't have something set up like the NFL does, where they're able to go ahead and change it on the fly. And if well, everybody still- plays on Sunday, it makes it a lot easier to adjust your schedule according to the situation. But it'll be interesting. I mean, I, I one thing I would say is that I tend to think that there's a lot more validity to the idea of having a tournament for the number eight spots in the, in the playoffs, then there is this mid season tournament thing that they're trying to pull off. I, oh mid- yeah. That's the worst. No, don't do that at all. That is the that worst. Seems to be a total loss. I don't see how that could work at all. Um, the risk of injury just for somebody in playing in that tournament, you know, they're lucky to get a quarter out of the players really playing hard in the, in, in the NBA all-star game. Yeah. That, 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 that to me, it's, I mean, they've been trying to tweak with the midseason and the All-Star game for years now, and it that's that's something they're going to have to continue to do, but no midseason tournaments. That's awful. And, and well, it's really, really going to help this year. Next year would be starting the season on Christmas Day um, and not, not having that first. Those October, November, and December games uh, really suffer because of the NFL dominating things. And people just not getting into basketball. It's, it's an 82-game season. It isn't 162 games like Major League Baseball, but it's a long season. And, you you know, a lot of fans generally start to tune in in December. So if you start in December and you got that nice long run there, you got a lot of a lot of run after the Super Bowl is over where you're really the prime basketball time. So I think that they would do better. The other thing, that though, I, I think is that there is a lot of streaming of games now. And a lot of, I know my son watches all of these games illegally, you know. Uh, he downloads and, and streams every game that he wants to see, even though he's a Warriors fan. But he does that with movies and he does it with anything, you know. And, and all, there's a whole group of younger people today that, that aren't, they didn't grow up watching the networks. They didn't grow up just watching basketball on ABC and, and Turner and so forth. So I think that there's, it, it's going to change a lot going forward because all of a sudden, Television revenue, I mean, if the, if you look at the different industries that are going to benefit, you can see that airlines and cruise lines and and um, music concerts and so forth are going to be difficult. But but newspapers uh, like the New York Times, the big newspapers and CNN and, and the television shows and so on, and I think there's a big opportunity that online sports all of a sudden is going to become a lot more profitable 
um, than it has been in the past because all of a sudden you're going to have people a lot more hesitant to to join a crowd and, and sit next to, you know, 25 people right next to them in a crowded stadium. I think that there's going to be holdovers that are, you know, it's the same thing with working, going, working from home or, or getting, going to school from home or seeing the doctor via video, you know, uh, we're going to see a lot of changes in just the way that things work and certain industries are primed. It's industries that are doing things remotely. Uh, all of the entertainment industries have big opportunities to increase their profitability. And, and I think that teams are going to have to start focusing. They've been doing it over the years. More and more of the income is, has come from television rights and, and broadcast and steaming, streaming rights than it has from the live attendance. And that's going to continue. It's going to be exacerbated by this coronavirus. And the longer it lasts, the bigger the impact of all of those changes are going to be on how we get our entertainment, how we get our sports. And, you know, and, and when you get down to it, uh, you know, I, I remember LeBron saying, you know, that I don't want to play if there's no fans. And yet the other side of it is when you grow up as a kid playing the game, that's all it is. It's the game, you know, it's the game itself. It's you versus the other players. It's the talk, like you say, the trash talk that's going on between all of the players and the interactions you get and the coach calling plays from the bench and so forth. It's a whole different it's a whole different environment, and, and, and I think that there are ways that you can turn that into something that is a whole different type of entertainment that could, uh, could replace a lot, of, a lot of the fan screaming and yelling that you get in the background. They might make benches bigger so that the fans are the guys on the bench. That's part of the biggest act of the Lakers in the last year has been how terrific the bench has been and their responses to everything that goes on in the court. Uh, in many ways, during during the rest of the season, when we don't have fans, that those benches are going to become an important part of the entertainment process of how the games are really looked at by audiences. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Once again, I'm speaking to my good friend, Laker Tom from Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. When I go ahead and see what's going on with the landscape of how the NBA is getting back together, I mean, one of the things that I'm seeing that that really interests me is the consistent talk about what are these teams going to be doing as far as draft, free agency, how are they going to be able to interweave that between seasons? I mean, some people even suggested the draft go on 
in June as planned, which I think is ridiculous because you don't even know the status of all the teams and their right. final record as of yet. I mean, if you've planned to finish out the NBA season for another four or five games worth of games for all these teams, you don't really have a, a marking point for that. You have to go ahead and wait. I think the idea, and this is also suggested by Rachel Nick Nichols and some others out there, uh, you know, on different podcasts and whatnot, that they should give a try to the free agency, NBA free agency, after the season's over, you know, no matter how short of a time it's going to be, NBA free agency take place before the draft, let's say a week to 10 days before the draft. Similar to what we're seeing now with the NFL, and I'm not saying model the NFL in so many ways, but because last, what, two, three podcasts ago, we were talking about modeling the NFL after the NBA. So they should take the best things from each other. I think the free agency is something that they definitely should look at. That would make the drafts a lot more interesting. I think they should try it once. Whether or not they continue to do that, it's up to them. But I think they should give it a try once in between. They have this time now to go ahead and tinker with things to see what works and see what doesn't. This coronavirus issue is very tragic, but at least allows the NBA to try a few things like a tournament, like flip-flopping the draft and free agency, like starting the season at Christmas, all these different scenarios that the, the league can try out to see what works and what doesn't. I think this is the time now to go ahead and do that if you get the clearance from all parties concerned, whether it's the owners, whether it's the players, what have you. It's still time to go ahead and maybe do some tinkering now because I think it necessitates that because the league is not necessarily going in the right place even before this coronavirus hit. It is probably, to my knowledge, the worst season on record. And that includes the strike seasons, uh, you know, anything of that nature. It, it probably is, to me, the worst season on record for the NBA as a whole. Not for the Lakers, mind you, because right. we've enjoyed parts of it. We've enjoyed parts of it. Other parts with Kobe's passing and other things have been a detriment, obviously. But for the league itself, it's not been a very good one. In fact, one of the worst on record. One of the interesting things about, I agree with you on this whole idea of free agency happening before the draft, because with a few exceptions, unless you're drafting Zion or or LeBron or somebody like that, most of the major holes that you want to finish and and, and most of the major roster moves that a team wants to make are going to come be a free agency. And it would it, it's stupid to then think that you're going to go out there and draft a kid from high school or a couple of years of college and expect him to fill a hole when you don't even know yet what you're going to do in free agency, how you're going to come out of free agency. So flipping those around totally makes sense. Free agency should happen first. Uh, and free agency itself, you know, I wrote an article in in uh, Lakerholics.net that basically the gist of which is that this is going to be a totally different free agency than you've ever seen in the past. Not only do you have a very poor class of superstars, I mean, other than Anthony Davis who's going to resign with the Lakers, your next best player probably out there is is Fred Van Vliet. And I don't mean to say that Van Vliet is not a great point guard. I'd love to have him on the Lakers. But there's only probably three or four or five guys that are probably going to be worth more than $10 million a year in a regular season. 
And this is not going to be anything close to a regular season because all of a sudden you're going to find teams are worried about if you're in a business and your revenues drop 30 or 40 percent, you have only one option. That is to cut expenses. But also you got to consider the fact that the free agency market is going to be substantially reduced because virtually all these players that have a year left on their contracts, they're all going to, they're all going to re-up. They're all going to opt in because of the uncertainty right now due to the fluctuating cap that's going to be dropping down quite a bit. I mean, there was talk about before. Even if they were to smooth out the cap, which is likely to happen, because otherwise it'll, if they were, don't smooth out the cap, what's going to happen is nobody's going to have cap space and a whole bunch of teams are going to be in the luxury tax that had planned for years how to avoid the luxury tax just because those numbers are going to come down because they're related to a percentage of basketball-related income. So you really got three factors there. You've got the, the losses that people are going to have. You've got a very weak free agency group of pe- people in free agency, and you've got only five teams that have money, substantial money, and only one of those teams, the Miami Heat, is a winning team. Otherwise, if you're a free agent, your choices are the Atlanta Hawks, the, the uh, Detroit Pistons, you know, you're not going to get any, you're going to be signing up with a losing team or you're going to take less money. And this whole thing is going to get depressed. The gist of it, though, is that for teams like the Lakers who have the non-taxpayer MLE, which is like $9.7 million, which is more than the taxpayer MLE, which is like $5 million, or the room exception if you're below the cap, which is like $4.5 million, the Lakers are going to have enough money to probably compete for any free agents out there with the exception of a half a dozen guys. And even that half a dozen guys, they may be able to compete for a couple of those guys on the fringes. But it's going to be an unusual season. And I I designated four guys that I thought the Lakers have a real shot at getting um, who would be terrific additions to the team. They're guys that I don't think are going to be given offers for more than $10 $10 million, at least not by the Miami Heat or and and may not want to play on a losing team because they're players that, that basically have some real upside. But I think that there's a good chance that the Lakers could be able to go after a guy like, like Goran Dragic, who would be a perfect point guard. And there's talk because of the financial situation of the Brooklyn Nets that they may not be able to keep Joe Harris, who would be, you know, this is a guy who won the three-point shooting contest and shoot 43% from deep. We got a guy, Christian Wood, that you brought up in the trades with the Pistons before, who's been a real star. The guy's shooting 38% from outside. You know, he's a power forward, but he's really athletic. He, can, he has great hops around the rim. He's a terrific dunker. You got him, and, and so you got three guys right there. So you got guys that, that you know, and then and, – these are all players that basically could come out there and and be signed by the Lakers, which could be a real addition to the to the team. And then you've got a fourth guy that I really like, who's had a great season, which is uh, I forgot his name now, Aaron Baines from the from the Phoenix Suns. One of the things that the Lakers need, besides having a point guard to and a second, a third, a second score and a, a third score and a second point guard is they need a stretch five, somebody who can really make sure that teams don't, teams like the Bucks and the Clippers 
don't use their drop coverage and just crowd up the lane and prevent LeBron and AD from getting to the basket. Um, you put a guy like Baines out there who's a rugged defender and one of the best screen setters in the league, and all of a sudden, you know, and he's a he's a he's a he's a pick and pop guy that could basically really hurt teams that run a sag on the Lakers. So you've got four guys there that all are going to earn probably less than ten million dollars a year, less than what the MLE that the Lakers have, and the Lakers should have a good shot, and they basically should go after every one of these guys and take whoever's the first guy to want to take the spot, get a chance to play with LeBron and AD and win a championship. Because Markeith Morris, unlike what you were saying last week, has not been the answer so far. Uh, his shooting has been awful. He's under 40% from the field and under 30% from the three-point area, which is the exact opposite of what he was shooting at in Detroit. So right. it's been very unfortunate uh, that that's happened. Because when you said that last week and he's been shooting very well and he's been playing very well for the Lakers, I'm like, this is, we're not watching the same Markeith Morris because Markeith Morris has really stunk it up out there. But he hasn't played in too many games. So maybe he would go ahead in a playoff series, be able to go oh, and, and be a little bit more effective. And now that he's going to have some time as far as a training camp, what, 20, 30 days right. of, of working with the Lakers, maybe he can get back into form. It's been one of those seas th things where we're his best when he was playing with Detroit was the first year he's really shot the ball really well. But when you look at the options, Wood basically can pay a little bit of center, but he's primarily he's primarily a power forward. Baines Baines would be a wonderful fit on the team, and a lot of that depends on what happens with Demarcus Cousins because Cousins basically, as I've always said, is is the perfect stretch five if he can recover from his injuries and come back. I know you feel that uh, Dwight Howard may end up getting a better offer to go somewhere else. I don't think that's going to happen. And I do think that there's a possibility that that the Lakers may trade uh, JaVel McGee as part of a package along with Kuzma. They basically have two shots at getting a really good player this year. One is the using the draft pick and Kuzma and whatever filler, depending on the salary of the person they're going after. So they've got that one package. They've got they've got 20 million in expiring contracts plus Kuzma and a first round pick to trade for another player to fill one of the three needs, which is the second point guard, a third scorer, and a defensive a, a defensive forward. And then they have the option of the MLE, $9.7 million, regardless of being over the cap. They have, they're not in the tax situation, so they have the, the non-taxpayer MLE. So that's their second opportunity to really bring in a player or to use it on two or three guys, you know, which is what they've done in the past. I'd like to see them bring in two strong guys because I think just like we talked earlier, you got four guys that have got options, including Anthony, five guys, including Anthony Davis, but you got four other guys who've got options that that are probably going to opt in rather than take a chance on free agency. This is not this is not the time when anybody wants to be a free agent. So you're going to see Caldwell uh, Caldwell uh, Jones come staying with the Lakers. You're going to see uh, Caldwell Pope Caldwell Pope staying with the Lakers. You're going to see Rajon Rondo stay with the Lakers. You're going to see is it Avery Bradley? I think also has a option, and there's one more player. It must be McGee. As an so you'll see probably all four of those guys opt in, uh, although it's very possible that McGee might get some offers. But I think, too, that, you know, 
when the, when things are happening like they're happening in a situation where the league is in turmoil at this point in time, there's always going to be a tendency for people to want to stay where they're comfortable. And and the chemistry on this team says a lot to encourage players to want to stay because every one of those players who's on this team are veterans who've been on other teams with the exception of, of probably Kuzma. I think he's the only guy who's just a, a or Kuzma and maybe uh, Alex Caruso, the only guys who haven't played for another team. And all of those guys have had in situations where they played on teams that haven't been number one competing for a championship. Number two had great chemistry, great leadership. We're playing in, you know, in a city that they like to live in and, and we're basically playing with a bunch of guys that they like to play with. I can tell you back from playing high school and junior college basketball that the chemistry on the team makes a whole lot of difference on how much you enjoy the season, just as much difference as winning does. Um, so I think that there's a tendency that, that a lot of players are going to stay where they're comfortable. And the guys who want to leave at that point in time are going to be the few who have an opportunity to make a lot more money than they used to make. Or secondly, want to get out of a situation that isn't a good situation for them where they're not a good fit. So there's some good opportunities for the Lakers, some silver linings in the whole financial situation that's coming out that could benefit the Lakers. And I think being able to pick up their use of the non-taxpayer MLE, which is twice as much as the room exception they had last year, could give them one a real opportunity and it could be a real weapon for them in recruiting another top flight player to play with the team. And the thing is, you have to make sure at this point in time, why you have LeBron and AD, and they're both healthy, why you have the window of LeBron and AD, you can't worry about money, okay? Yep. Especially with the Lakers and how much they're worth. And Well, you know, they did try to steal $4.4 million. Sure. We won't go there. I'm Well, actually, I keep on going there because I'm still mad at them for doing that. But with LeBron and AD, you have that window. You have to go ahead and spend every available dollar while you have them here and available to play and playing at the level that they are. If you don't, then you're not doing your team justice, your organization justice, and most importantly, your fans justice if you do not do that. So you know what? You need to go ahead and spend the MLE. You need to go ahead and do whatever you can do as far as even going above the salary cap, going into the tax, going into repeater tax, whatever you need to do, you need to do it right now because these times may not come very often for the Lakers because the rest of the decade, as the way it's set up right now, after LeBron, it's not going to be very pretty unless you find another LeBron, which is going to be hard to do to pair up with AD if you sign AD long-term. And that could be another issue aside if AD sees that LeBron is leaving or LeBron is retiring, he may not want to be there long-term as well. So by the time 2023, 2024, even 2025 rolls around, you may not have the team that you had planned or designed. And if you aren't doing a good job as GM, and you and I have talked about this GM before in the recent past, then you're going to really have to go ahead and do your work because it's going. To, it might be come back to a situation in, you know, what we saw the past what six years of futility for the Lakers really quickly once LeBron and or AD leaves. So you got to go ahead and maximize because your window is small, your window is finite, 
and you need to go ahead and spend whatever available cash you have on the best players out there that you can get. Yep, I agree with you 100%. Ideally, this is a perfect situation. There's a silver lining when you when you have a, a business climate like we've got right now where a lot of NBA teams are going to be pulling in their resources and being hesitant to spend. This is an opportunity where, just like in corporate business anywhere, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. Um, the Lakers can take advantage of this and they need to go out there. Um, any other year, any normal year, for example, at that 10.7, million MLE would really mean nothing. Like last year, that was really not anything that could have been a big weapon. You couldn't have gotten any of the guys that there must have been 25, 30 players last year that signed for more than the MLE. There are maybe only three or four this year that do that. So there's a good opportunity for the Lakers to take advantage of that. And I think that the, if there's anything that that ownership has shown over the years for the Lakers, if there's anything that Jeannie Buss learned from her dad, and that's not to squelch on talent, you know, spend the money and we'll figure out how to cover that in other ways. And I think that that's what the, the Lakers just exactly have to do. At some point in time, you know, you, you just you, it's hard to predict how long LeBron is going to be able to play. I mean, here's a guy who's 35 years old. And frankly, I think he's still the best player in the league. Can he be that way when he's 36 or 37 or 38? And he doesn't necessarily have to still be the best player in the league. Can he still be a top 10 player, a top five player at 37 and 38 years old? I think one thing, and we've talked about this before, I firmly believe that the Lakers would not have even been talking about going after Giannis Anatokounmpo if it had not been for the simple fact that they felt that LeBron James might be willing to take less than a max salary in order to make room for him. But it raises up the subject, which is I'm in the middle of writing an article about who's going to be the next superstar to take the mantle from LeBron James as the best player in the league. And there are obvious challengers. Giannis is in some people's mind, has already taken over that position. Before he got injured, there were ones who claimed that Kevin Durant had taken over that position. There are others that say Kawhi Leonard has taken over that position. I don't think any one of those three has surpassed LeBron at this point in time, but those three plus Anthony Davis are the four that I think are the four best candidates that are out there right now. And maybe Zion Williamson will put himself into that mix, play himself into that mix, over the next few years. I think Luka Doncic has an outside chance of getting to that point where he is the best player in the league because of the fact that he's so skilled. Uh, I know there's some issues as far as his physical stature that he doesn't have that LeBron has, which helped LeBron become the player that he is. But I think Luka can really be something special in this league, and he already is in many ways for the Dallas Mavericks. You mentioned Kevin Durant. And Kevin Durant coming off an Achilles injury, I think he'll get back to a point where he's a top 10 player, maybe even a top five player again. I don't think he'll ever get back to the point where he was even uh, two, three years ago, simply because of the fact that also he's 31 years of age and he's seen a lot of mileage and wear and tear from, from the NBA. But I will tell you, there are points in time in the past decade that he was the best player in the league above LeBron, and that was proven in the finals. I mean, there were those finals matchups between those two where Durant was clearly outplaying 
LeBron. At least, you know, LeBron was playing at a spectacular level, but Durant, Durant was playing at a notch just higher. So you could say at those point in times he was the best player in the world, but overall during an 82, 82 game season, you can see LeBron is going ahead and, and playing at a level that not many are. And I know Durant at some points in time during the season when uh, seasons when he was with Golden State would defer to obviously Thompson or Curry or Green or whatnot. But at some points in time during the playoffs when they were matched up against each other, Durant did play like he was the best player on the face of Earth, on the face of God's green earth. And there's definitely been play. There's definitely an opinion by a large number of people today that Giannis is the best player is better than LeBron at this point in time. And that Kawhi is better than LeBron at this point in time. I don't those agree. Are good arguments. I think those are good arguments because of the fact that LeBron is older now and that LeBron isn't LeBron at all points of time. Uh, you know, we've seen during the course of the season when he gets tired, he does not have that lift and right. he is much more easily defendable. He gets a shot blocked when he goes to the rim, things of that nature. So we don't see those type of, games all the time now we see them like regular regular season games too and we saw yeah a little bit of the playoff lebron in those last two games against the bucks that's what i'm saying he when he gets up for it when he gets up for these games there is no one better at this point in time even attentacumpo can't match up to that level when lebron is playing at that superhuman level the thing is you're not going to get it every game like you did in the past now with the Lakers, he's getting you're getting it about eh, about 75-80% of the time, which is very good for Lakers fans because obviously it's been able to create that type of level. And you don't need it now as AD becomes more uh, adaptable to the team. The only thing is when LeBron's out of the lineup, you have to make AD more effective. And that's the problem the Lakers have had all season is that the Lakers have not been as effective when LeBron goes to the bench. And that's something that they have to figure out because during the course of a playoff run, you're going to have times where you have to, even with increased minutes, increased minutes, you have to have LeBron sit on the bench and, and get a rest. So you have to have AD become more effective and you have to learn how to play better when LeBron is off the floor. That's something the Lakers need to focus on as well. Well, the other thing is that when you look at these players that we just talked about, these four, five, or six players who are all superstars that are capable of becoming the next one, if you will, because we went through the whole, you know, magic passing on the baton to to MJ and MJ passing under the pond to Kobe and then Kobe passing it on to LeBron. One of the things that's different is the style of play. Uh, LeBron's got the ball in his hands all the time. Doncic has the ball in his hands all the time. Unless Curry's got the ball, Kevin Durant had the ball in his hands all the time. Um, they have advantages over guys like like Giannis and like uh, AD in that they they aren't the guys that bring the ball down the court and and initiate the offense there. And so yeah. It takes it takes somebody getting to the ball to them a lot of the time or playing an awful lot of one-on-one for them to become as dominant of players and, and dominate the ball as much as the guys who naturally have it in their hands. I put AD in that group of that I think that he's capable. Uh, he's still only 26 and, and just now starting. I think there were points and times in games because of his two-way play where I thought, 
he was the best player on the court, even better than LeBron, and more important to the Lakers in winning several of those games than LeBron was. So I think that Davis's growth is going to be a big factor in what happens down the road for the Lakers. I'm not worried about AD leaving. I think LeBron's going to be around for at least three or four more years. But there is going to be a point in time where we have to bring in a third superstar who will then be the second superstar when LeBron leaves. And I would like that superstar to be a guard. I think I've said that in the past as opposed to Giannis. It'd be great to have Giannis, but, you know, you still, the NBA still is a guards game. Uh, and and even though LeBron is a power, is a, is a small forward in, in normal conversations, the truth of the matter is he's the point guard for the Lakers. He's the guy, you know, and just the same way as, as Doncic is not, Luca's not, Luca's not a small forward either. You know, he's a point guard. He basically has the ball in his hands and controls it the same as, as LeBron does. So I think that there's uh, the big transition and the big challenge that Rob Palenka has is that while he's making all of these moves to win now, while we've got LeBron and AD, he's also got to make that other big move, which is to figure out, okay, how do I get that third superstar into the lineup who is going to end up being the guy to replace LeBron James at such point in time as LeBron does leave the Lakers and retire. I think Giannis is a, they're going to go after Giannis like crazy, but I would, it's almost like the Kawhi situation again. You know, if they, if they could instead focus on a great point guard, you know, or some, a great guard at least doesn't necessarily have to be a 10 assist point guard. It could be a, a combo guard who can deliver five assists per game somebody, you know, that, that can really handle that role, but we need to get somebody like that. And that's going to be the, the secondary challenge that, that Palenka has got to somehow accomplish at the same time as he keeps filling in pieces to keep the train that's moving right now, staying at the top of the heap. He's got to get that another player in there so that that becomes not a one or two or three year window that we're looking at, but a decade long window that they're looking at for the Lakers being championship contenders. We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. Well, it's been a great conversation, my friend. I really appreciate you being part of it today. Once again, I'm speaking to Laker Tom. He is the man behind Lakerholics.net. You got to be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. But before I turn it over to you with less than five minutes left to talk about what's going on with Lakerholics.net, I just wanted to go ahead and mention to everyone out there, if you can, please, 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 please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We would truly appreciate everyone out there listening as far as if you can do that or wherever you get your podcasts, you can go ahead and give us a great review, like, subscribe, tell a friend if if they're a Lakers fan or an NBA fan, please listen to our show. And if you are really into the NBA draft, you need to check out the over 12, 13, I think even 14. And when we added the latest episode with Rafael Barlow from the NBA Draft Junkies this week. If you are really an NBA draft fan or fanatic or anything like that and into the NBA draft, 
I have over, like I said, 13, 14 episodes based off the NBA draft that are still relevant right to this day. And you can check it out on the Lakers Fast Break channel. It's right there for you. It's within the past month or so. It's some great conversations with Rafael Barlow from the NBA DraftJunkies.com. Also as well, Michael Weisenberg from the Stepien and Stone Hansen from DraftSite.com. They're great conversations. I even had them all together for mock drafts of the first and second round. Hopefully we'll be able to do that again once the lottery teams are chosen and all that. However, Adam Silver wants to go ahead and do that. So I'm looking forward to it. You got to check it out today at the Lakers Fast Break. And please, if you can, tell a friend. We'd love to hear your thoughts on it as well. Send us your comments, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com or at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. Laker Tom, if you have any questions or you just want to go ahead and check out his crazy trade scenarios like he was doing last week, you can go to at Laker Tom on Twitter. Tom, before we head on out, my friend, I want to go ahead and give you the opportunity to give an update to the fans out there and the listeners on what's going on at Lakerholics.net. We've been talking about all of the same things that we've been talking about on the podcast, Gerald. Everybody's sort of anxious to find out what's going to happen with the league and when we're going to get back to games. Everybody's watching all of the Michael Jordan stuff and the and going through all of those various things. We've been we've been having quite a few posts. I've put up several posts uh, where we're comparing different players, trying to figure out who, which Laker players would be the one that you'd win to choose to start a franchise. We talked about which four candidates that we have for the MLE trade thing, and we've had candidates, the four t- candidates that we would want to trade for as guards. So we're sort of keeping that theme. As, uh, I'm going to be releasing in a couple of days an article that really goes over who is the superstar uh, in today's game most likely to take over the mantle from LeBron James as the best player in the league. So if you enjoy those types of conversations and uh, are looking for some intelligent debate back and forth with other intelligent and rabid fans who are all respectful and so forth, Lakerholics.net is the perfect place for you to go. And we invite you to join us in the conversation Anytime somebody's almost always online so that there's always somebody that you can get going into a conversation. And we all are just eager to get back into the NBA season and have the Lakers finish the job that uh, got suspended because of the coronavirus situation. And once again, that's Lakerholics.net. Be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. And I agree with you. There is a lot to talk about and discuss, so head on over there today, and you'll even get to see some updates from the Lakers Fast Break podcast. You go ahead and check it out there at Lakerholics.net. I'm so excited to talk about what's going on with the Lakers each and every week as we get closer to a possible start of the NBA season. I'm looking forward to my friend. Any last thoughts on the way out? I'm just hoping that we end up having the playoffs this year. I'd, I'd hate to see the season end up getting canceled. Just don't want that to happen, especially with a 35-year-old LeBron and the team playing as well as they did. Um, it'll be hard to come back for all of the teams. Uh, and I think the Lakers, uh, to a man, are out there still hoping that they'll have a chance to go out and win their 17th championship. Just as long as you don't pipe in the crowd noise. No, 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 no. Just don't do it. Don't pipe in that crowd noise. It's really irritating beyond all description. And uh, I'm sure that they're not going to do that. No, 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 no. Do not put it past the networks. Are you kidding me? Oh, no. Never. 
put anything past the networks because when you do, they always let you down. Take it from someone who is in the media for a little while now that's seen it all, well, seen almost all. You just never put it past the networks because they'll let you down every time. Well, Laker Tom, it's been great talking to you, my friend. Once again, each and every week, every time we have this discussion, I look forward to next week's conversation where we'll talk more Lakers and NBA subjects as it gets closer to a possible NBA season. I'm looking forward to next week's conversation, and I know you are as well, Laker Tom. Once again, I appreciate everything that you do for us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. <laughs>